trust me? It's a loaded question. I want you to close your eyes for just a second. You have to promise to open them again. <laughs> close your eyes for just a second. I want you to meditate on the word anxiety. And everyone's blood pressure just went up 20 points, didn't it? Okay, keep them closed. Now, meditate on the word peace. Okay, you can open your eyes. Can I have the first slide, please, the title there? Peace. What does that mean? Well, I decided to look it up. Next slide, please. Here's what I found. According to several sources that define Greek words from the Bible, the Greek word that we translate as peace has some important meanings. It can mean the absence of war, chaos, and disturbance. Also, the presence of harmony and good order. Like when your children's rooms look all nice and neat. <laughs> that, that wonderful, wonderful thing. It can mean a state of rest, security, safety, and prosperity, and health. Also, the blessed state of the upright after death. The enjoyment of all that is good and all that makes for man's highest good. A state of quietness, tranquility, contentment. Fearing nothing from God, assured of salvation. I love this one. Wholeness. The joining, binding, weaving together of what had previously been divided. Especially personal relationships and reconciliation. Wow. That is peace. You couldn't hardly call it anything else, could you? One version says that the Messiah's way that leads to peace is also implied. Go to the next slide, if you would. I note that for centuries now, Jews have been wishing peace to each other. Shalom is the word they use. Jesus goes a step further than that. He doesn't just wish us peace. How many of you have ever been to Costco or Sam's for the free samples? Anybody done that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me hear an amen. Uh, it, it's, if you haven't been, they have uh, little kiosks set up all through the store that have different kinds of food. Usually it's stuff I wouldn't buy. So it's kind of fun to get to taste a little bit of it. And if you come back a second time, They'll give you a second taste. <laughs> I've actually heard of people who are like, we're not doing lunch today, we're doing Sam's. And they just wander through the store for half an hour picking up this and that. And, <laughs> and all you have to do is hold out your hand. 
You don't have to fix it. You don't have to kill it. You don't have to clean it. You don't have to milk it. You don't have to mix it or bake it or do anything to prepare it. And you don't have to fight for it. Just show up. Yes, please. That's it. They'll give it to you. Jesus does not merely wish for us to find peace. He hands it to us. Because he's the source of it. He couldn't hardly hand us anything else. I mean, if you hang around the sprinklers, what happens? You have to change your clothes, right? But I wasn't playing in it. You hang around close enough, you, you catch it. And Jesus doesn't even require us to do that. He's like, here, let me throw some on you. Let me sprinkle you with it. Take it. Have more. I got plenty. <laughs> you look like you need more. Here. Man, what a savior. Jesus says, my peace, my peace, I give to you. Not like any other peace anywhere. Wow. Think about that for just a minute. All those things I read before, all of them, Jesus says, here it is. The same peace that Jesus had, that same poise, that incredible poise that he had in every situation. Sleeping in a boat in a storm kind of peace. Take it. Have some more. He may not take away the storm, but if he's in your boat, you can have peace. There's peace right there. Mm. Sometimes we have to fight against our flesh and our world and our enemy to hang on to that. And we have to remind ourselves that we do actually have it. But we don't have to go digging for it. We don't have to build it. It's ready-made. We have it because Jesus gives it to us. Scholar William Barclay in a commentary on Galatians 5 mentions that villages in ancient times had a steward, a keeper of the public peace. A constable. Peace was so important they had an officer appointed to watch over it. So the village would always have it. Who watches over your peace? How well do we watch over our own? Something to think about. 
Barclay's commentary continues and describes the peace mentioned in Galatians 1 as all that makes the mind pure, the will resolute, and the heart glad. He says the New Testament use of peace is never purely negative. That is, peace never just refers to the absence of something. It's not just a lack of war. There's not enough war in your life, therefore you have peace. No. Peace is always a thing itself. It refers to the presence of something, a contentment, he says, when we know we are doing what is right, that no matter how we suffer for doing it, there's a peace that comes with obedience. When we do wrong, or when we evade doing what we know is right, Says Barclay, we are haunted by a dispeace. Conviction from the Holy Spirit, that quiet, stubborn, gentle but firm voice that we try to ignore haunts us until we change direction and make things right. Can I get a sheepish amen? Mercy Me has a song. There's a ghost. There's a ghost inside of me. Talks about the Holy Spirit. So there's peace. There's dispeace. I'm going to bring up another word. Paul began many of his letters with the phrase, grace and peace. God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes he ends his letters with this. Other uh, disciples in their epistles use the same phrase. Uh, the word grace, I think I'm going to pronounce this correctly, charis. Everybody say charis. Now wipe off your neighbor. Because if you're saying it right, you're probably going to spit a little, but that's okay. Um, this word has as its meaning the ideas of joy, brightness, beauty, and pleasure from which we derive our word charm. Now look at what Paul is saying by putting those two words together. Joy, brightness, Beauty and pleasure, absence of war, chaos and disturbance, harmony and good order, rest, security, safety, prosperity and health, the blessed state of the upright after death, enjoyment of all good and all that makes for man's highest good, quietness, tranquility, contentment, fearing nothing from God, Assured of salvation, wholeness, joining, binding, weaving together in a powerful way. <laughs> what had been divided, especially personal relationships, from our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Ooh. Wow, that's huge. 
That took a lot of time to say. I always used to think Paul was pretty wordy. But here he only uses two words and says a mouthful. So that, that is what Jesus wants us to have, to possess, to abide in, to be immersed in. Sounds great, yes? So why don't we? Why do our emotions feel so turbulent and so disjointed so frequently? Next slide, please. There's a war on. In fact, there almost hasn't ever been a time when there wasn't this war going on between good and evil, between the enemy and God and his children. In the middle of this war come the advertisers and the marketing industry. They're good students. They know from decades of study just how to maximize spending in a store. Banks and lenders know how to increase spending and borrowing in the economy to the same effect. Bill preached about the dangers of the love of money recently. And anxiety over money is closely related, isn't it? Because you can never have what? Enough. All the fussing and the counting and the worrying over money can't be what God intended. Now hear me. I'm all for planning and budgeting and self-control and intentional use regarding money. I think the Bible is very clear. God intends us to learn discipline with our money when we use it. Because it's his money and because we need discipline. But we don't need worry. We need stability, trust, peace when we interact with money. And that's sometimes hard to accomplish. Banks make money when people go into debt. I found out that the Federal Reserve is not actually a government entity, but a private one. It's a council of banks who seek to maximize their own profits by making the idea of debt something normal and acceptable. Now, debt's not a sin, but it is a danger. Proverbs and Dave Ramsey have much to say about the wisdom of avoiding debt as much as possible. Walmart and other stores periodically rearrange their products so we have to spend more time in the store to find what we need and maybe buy what we don't need in the process. I've done it. Gone in for three things and came out with seven. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Casinos are designed to prevent you from finding the exit for the same reason. The longer you stay, the more you play and the more you pay. They've done the math. The phrase, read the fine print, comes from the experiences that we've all had. We think we know exactly what we got into, but the customer service person shows us that, nope, we're wrong, we have no recourse, and we have to pay more than we thought. This world is at war with us. The world wants our money. They want us to spend without purpose or thought for the future. They're willing to push the legal and moral boundaries to do so. Peace? No, no, no. They don't want us at peace. Our enemy doesn't want us peaceful. He wants the opposite. The more movement and noise and confusion and distractions, the better. 
for our enemy because then we will be less focused, less wise, less controlled, and more open to suggestion. And the enemy loves to suggest. Grab. It's the favorite word for billboards these days. It implies violence, aggression, and impulsive action. Real quick is another phrase I hear more often than I used to hear it. People use it as a way to make their directions, requests, or interruptions seem to create small expectations, as in, I'll just pull up the photo on my phone real quick, or can I ask a real quick question? We seem to expect that everyone in our culture has very little time to spare and will not tolerate anything slow or long-winded. And yet you're here. <laughs> so glad to see that. <laughs> we expect impatience because we are impatient. We can't believe it takes a whole minute for the microwave to heat up our burrito. It's outrageous that we have to wait through two cycles at the stoplight. Why doesn't our technology work perfectly every time? How can it need updating for crying out loud? I think we should take a lesson from other cultures that are much less technology-driven. Other cultures have time to just sit. Other cultures have time to talk and to listen. Others make time to create masterpieces of art that take days, months, even years to complete. There are people who go through life at elephant speed. We Americans tend to move more like flies. Our media moves even faster. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, he who would follow me must deny himself, deny his phone, deny his computer, deny his entertainment, take up his cross and follow me. Next slide, please. So how do we make room for peace in our hearts and minds? How do we bring peace to others? How do we make a world of violent, distracting, and disintegrating chaos into a serene, harmonious, beautiful place? We follow Jesus. He intends to do all these things to varying degrees, and he wants us to be a part of what he is doing. So we'll take these questions one at a time. Next slide, please. How do we make room for peace in our hearts and minds? Because remember, we've already got it, right? He gave it to us. All those wonderful words we talked about, grace and peace, boom, have it from our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep him, keep, maintain him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. See, there's something we can do. John 16, 27, the Father himself loves you. He doesn't just tolerate us. He doesn't just grudgingly accept us. He loves us. Psalm 37, 37, watch the blameless and observe the upright, for the man of peace will have a future. 
Romans 5.1. Therefore, since we have been declared, that is all past tense, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible mentions several times that the world is under wrath. Sin has to be paid for. Our God's a God of justice, and he's holy. He makes no bones about it, and he does not let anyone off. But we, having been redeemed, have peace instead of wrath. Philippians 4.9, do what you have learned, received, and heard, and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Hebrews 12.11, no discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the fruit of peace and righteousness to those who have been trained by it. How do you feel after you've exercised? Oh, it's like it takes a burden off, doesn't it? I found that if I exercise first thing in the morning, the whole rest of the day seems easier. Proverbs 29, 17. Discipline your son and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. Sorry, kids. Isaiah 32, 17. The result of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence forever. Isaiah 53, 5. He was pierced because of our transgressions. Joel mentioned this earlier. Crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was upon him. And we are healed by his wounds. Isaiah 54.10, though the mountains move and the hills shake, my love, says the Lord, will not be removed from you and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says your compassionate Lord. Romans 8.6, for the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. <clears throat> Romans 14.17, which I have heard Dave Troutman sing many a time, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. He's not going to take it away. He went out of his way to make really sure we understood exactly what this transaction was. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. How does the world give? Sparingly? Grudgingly? Strings attached? Oh no, a little more, a little more, a little more, a little more. Jesus says, nope. I don't give it to you that way. It's all here. All of it. Take it. Get wet. John 16.33, I have spoken to you these words that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You can have peace in spite of the world. 
Philippians 4.7, the peace of God which surpasses every thought will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace will guard you, defend you, keep all the junk from getting in. That's pretty important. It's like having somebody stand at the door and throw out the junk mail. I love that. Oh, I don't need to worry about any of that? Great. Just this, just, okay, cool. Yeah, go ahead and burn all the rest of it. That's fine. I, um, I like watching Jimmy Stewart movies, and one of my favorites is called Harvey. Do you guys remember that? Have you seen it? Black and white. It's, it's about this very unusual fellow who has a very unusual, invisible friend. Early in the movie to establish Jimmy Stewart's unusualness, there's a scene in which he goes out to his mailbox. He opens it up. He takes out a handful of envelopes and sort of absentmindedly just tears them up. And, <laughs> and you watch and you go, <laughs> bills, checks, letters. <laughs> it's like a guy who takes the battery out of his cell phone. And you're just like, what if? See what's happened there? Who's got the peace? Who's all hot and bothered? By imaginings. Not even facts. How much of our time and our energy do we spend getting worried over things that never happen? Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you, fill with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just for us. We're supposed to overflow with it. How do we make room for peace in our hearts and minds? If we want room for peace for him, we have to put away some other things. Our worries, our technology, our self-life, our attention given to everything else must be given to him first and left there for a while so he can direct it without us trying to take it back. Maybe we need a new perspective like the kindness challenge. Maybe a vow of silence. Maybe some fasting. Maybe some regular exercise. Maybe we just need to clear out the clutter in our hearts and minds. Maybe the clutter in our living rooms, our sheds, our attics and basements. Yeah. So that we have some empty space that stays empty. Because clean space is peaceful. Busy cluttered space is stressful. Maybe you should complete your current project before gathering materials for the next one because it may not happen. Remember how God gave enough manna each day for that day only? Or how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, give us today our bread for today? There's a lesson there that we've lost in our chest freezers and storage units and piles of stuff. Less is more. 
less stuff is more health. Less stuff is more space and more peace. Less stuff is more freedom. And less to give up if God calls for that. We must also be careful to seek peace over mere relief. A good coffee, watching a video, playing a game, a quick bite, all of these can give momentary relief or distraction for our souls and minds, but not restoration, not lasting peace. Only in Christ can we find rest for our weary souls in prayer, in praise, in sleep. Wake up. In fasting, in stillness, in quietness, in nature, in the word. If you feel your peace has been taken away, here's some suggestions for taking hold of the peace that Jesus gives to us. John Eldridge encourages us to use the one-minute pause several times a day. He has an alarm set on his phone, and he just shuts everything off for one minute. and is totally silent. Plan carefully. Times to get away. Times to unplug. Vacations aren't just for activities. Good memories, though, those can make. Christian and secular psychologists and medical personnel encourage us to unplug, to stop watching the news, to limit screen time, to get outside exercise, to sleep more, and to get face-to-face with other people instead of screen-to-screen. How can we have peace if we invite chaos from a mad world into our hearts and minds continually? We learn from the word that obedience to God, walking in the spirit, and fellowship with Christ all bring more of the peace only he can offer. Life can only be spent once. We have to, be, we have to choose carefully and purposefully how to use our time. If you ever take a vacation with children to visit family with children, you know it can be a wild time full of lifelong memories and stories that get told and retold through the years. Some unexpected adventures, and I enjoy them. But the time always comes when I long for the peace of the normal rhythm of life at home. God sets rhythms day and night, summer and winter, working and resting. We post-industrial revolution cultures sometimes buy into the false idea that we can stretch those boundaries to increase profit and efficiency But we can only push so much before we break down. We need the rhythm of life God intended for us. We shouldn't be surprised that God knows what's best. Next slide, please. How can we bring peace to other people? Proverbs 12.20 says, Those who promote peace have joy. Proverbs 17.1 says, Better a dry crust with peace than a house full of feasting with strife. Less is more. Mark 9.50, have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another. 1 Corinthians 14.33, since God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. 
In James 3.18, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Jesus said, peace be still to the wind and the waves. And he calmed the hearts of many with his gracious words. We are to represent him and continue what he began. But we cannot give what we do not have. We have a strong tendency to spread to others what we ourselves are immersed in. Let us take care to spend time with Christ that we may have some Christ to share. That we may avoid spreading worry, misery, frustration, and unpeace by being immersed in those awful things. Jesus' peace is more than enough for us and to share with others. What a blessing to get to be a blessing and not a curse to the world that has to live with us, the world in such dire need of the peace that we can share. Next slide, please. How to make a peaceful world. Habakkuk 2.20 says, The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Romans 14.11, Philippians 2.10-11, and Isaiah 45.23 all say, Let every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Isaiah 52.7, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace who brings news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Isaiah 55, 12, this was in a song that we sang today. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Jeremiah 33, 6, yet... I will certainly bring health and healing to Jerusalem and will indeed heal them. I will let them experience the abundance of peace and truth. Now I note that in all these scriptures, it is not us bringing peace. It is God bringing peace with his rule. He said in Matthew 10.34 and Luke 12.51, I come not to bring peace, but a Sword. Sword represents conflict and division. He said, if your peace does not rest in that house, let it return to you. Matthew 10, 13. Cast not your pearls before swine, lest they turn and tear you in pieces. In Matthew 7, 6. Jesus knew that not every seed would grow, that not every heart would heed his words or find his peace those who know peace even for a moment usually want more those who want the peace of Christ will likely listen to the words of Christ but since not all will welcome this gift it is okay to test your audience to feel them out sometimes God calls us to give expecting nothing in return but there are also times to move on to escape to another town to hold back until the right audience is ready. Because we are not called to save the world. Only Jesus can save. We are called to be ambassadors. But remember that outside the embassy, it's a different country. 
with different rules. There are guards at the doors of the embassy to protect the members of the country inside. We are called to be at peace with others as much as depends on us, but that is a two-way street. Some will not accept the peace Jesus offers. Some may be persuaded over time. Some may have much to overcome on their path to peace. But our embassy should showcase it as well as it can. Those who spend time with us should feel the peace of Christ, should sense something in us unhurried and content. The world should be astounded at our lack of desperation, at our willingness to let go of material things in favor of the good of others, at our willingness to wait, to be gracious, especially when it's undeserved. And the world should scratch its head as it wonders, why are they so different? What's the matter with them? Why can't they be pushed around on the inside? They're so anchored. How do they do it? Hear more of the word of the Lord regarding peace. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. Romans 16.20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, (laughs) kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace Always, in every way. Have some more. Second Peter 1, 2, May grace and peace, charis, be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. It would seem that peace is something to pursue, to make room for, to purposefully aspire to, as well as to share, to bring, and to give away. So join me in prayer, and we will ask Jesus for the peace he left with us to grow strong. Heavenly Father, oh, such a great gift that you've given us. I pray that we would see it for what it is, that we would place upon it the value that it deserves. We thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. I pray for all those who are struggling with anxiety. I pray, Lord, that when we struggle with anxiety, that we would be able to look to you, that we would be able to set aside the junk mail, that we would be able to refocus And remember the truth of your word, that you are in control, that you've got this, that you don't need our help to make it work in the best way possible. Lord, I pray for all who are under stress, all who feel pressure. I pray that we would make room for your peace that we would make time for you, 
that people would look at the pressure and look at our peace and be confused. That they would see you at work in our hearts and minds, in our words, in our actions in such a way that makes them take a second look. And I pray that you'd help us to declutter not just our stuff, but inside. I pray that you'd help us to process and to sort and to make ourselves usable. That we would not be so caught up in ourselves and especially our feelings. That we would look to you first. That we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. That we would remember that you will add to us all that we could possibly need. Help us to remember, Lord, that it's your time. It's your money. It's your stuff. Help us to give our relationships to you and to trust you to lead us in them. That we would stop trying to take back the throne of our hearts. That we would trust you to be the God of all peace that you've promised you are. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us such an amazing gift. In Jesus' name, amen.